Thank you for listening to My Best Living Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at mybestlivingpod or mybestlivingpod at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us on another episode of My Best 11 podcast. Today, we are lucky to have um, a player who has played at so many clubs in the 80s, 90s, and just about scraping into the noughties. Um, played at some clubs such as Everton, Oldham, Ipswich, um, and uh, Leicester, and, wherever, and Bolton, and Blackpool. And wherever he went, he is seen as an absolute diamond of a player, wore his heart on his sleeve, and decorated to your... To, to the hilt, which we'll get on to later. Um, we're lucky enough to have Ian Marshall on. How are you, Ian? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you? Very good, thank you very much. And as ever, across in the States, Marv. How are you, Marv? I'm good, thank you, Andrew. Morning, Marshy. Well, afternoon to you, Marshy. Um, Morning, Marv. Nice to see you up nice and early, son. <laughs> I'm excited to have our first non-Luton player. Um, again, it's a first for Marshy and myself because the reason he's on is because he was the first person I played against in my full Luton Town debut back way in 88, I think it was, the Simod Cup. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was looking it up the other day um, when you asked me to come on because I don't remember much about the game. It, it was probably... <laughs> it's um, in my pocket. It's in my pocket, that's why. Well, you keep saying this. You see, I was centre-half that day. So, was you, you? Know, Are you sure? Yeah. You said you don't remember yeah, the game, you just said I was centre half. You said you didn't remember the yeah. game, now you're saying you're centre half. Which one well, is it? That was, no, because Howard Kendall brought me into the side as a centre half, and I very rarely got to play centre forward because that's what he, you know, I made my debut as centre half against West Brom, and then I played, I think Luton would have been about uh, six or seven games in from my debut. The plastic pitch works again. <laughs> well, to be fair, I have no problem with plastic pitches. I mean, I played for three seasons at Oldham on a plastic pitch and I actually quite enjoyed it. And, you know, we played some really exciting football. And so I don't really have too much qualms about plastic. You're here to talk about your best 11. We start off, as always, with formation. Um, who are you going to go for? And Well, this was always it was tough because, you know, you want to you think which players do you want to mention and, and, and whatnot. So... I've actually gone for a three-five-two. Whoa! A first, a three-five-two. Okay. Yeah, and and it's a bit of a cheaty formation as well because I've got someone in me five is probably more of a an attacking um, player than a de- defensive player. So uh, I, I thought, I, I, looking at the teams I played for and the players I played with, it was easier to mention centre-halves than full-backs uh, who, who right. stood out, if you know what I mean. So I think um, that was the, the, the reason. And I could, I could get away with playing three centre-halves and I'd struggle to pick better full-backs than centre-halves, if you know what I mean. That's what I, I, I thought. Yeah, well, It's your team, Marshy. You can do what you want. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> true, true. Definitely. I mean, there's so many, when, you, when you're asked this question, yeah. there's so many players you'd like to pick, isn't there? Uh, right. uh, for different reasons, obviously. Um, so I, I put together a team that I thought, um, you know, people, some people will probably question um, some of my selections, but I've got to look at, like, 
when I was I was playing. It's like Everton. It'd be quite easily to pick the Everton team because they right. won the league twice, the FA Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup. You know, so if you were looking at a standout team, it'd be definitely them. But I've picked a few players, obviously, from that team. But there's no way, you know, I like to pick some players who have played with, who made an impact on me, made me a better player and things like that, I think. Yes, yeah, it's definitely a team game. And as you say, it's something which hopefully you enjoyed um, thinking about. I know a lot of our guests have, have said that. And like you say, it's about making a team rather than pick the best 11 individuals. Um, football yeah, team. yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, that's definitely it. It's, it's a team that I think, you know, I put together that I think would work quite well together. Awesome. So, we'll move straight in. Goalkeeper. Well, there was two goalkeepers um, I went to, went for. Um, it was, when I say two, it was quite easy to pick the winner, but there was two in contention. The one I didn't pick was Tim Flowers. Uh, I played with at Leicester City. You know, he, was, he came towards it, not towards the end of his career, but he was well into his career. And he had a few aches and pains from, from all the, the goalkeeping he'd done. But he, he was a fantastic goalkeeper. You know, very good uh, uh, talker and very good organiser. But um, the, 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 the number one player that I, I had to pick, it, you know, he, he stood out a country mile. I thought he was yeah. the best goalkeeper in the Premier League and he still has been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League ever since I've, I've been a player. It was Neville Southall, correct, mate? Yeah. Ah, excellent. Go on, Marv, I'll let you grill Neville Southall since you probably played against him a few times. No, well, I mean, because we just spoke about it there, Marshy playing, well, <clears throat> again, which is, is rare today, playing centre-half and, as I said, a forward. I mean, as a defender, myself, I used to enjoy playing I mean God bless him now Les Seeley I mean yeah. again was very I don't know what Neville was like but Les was very vocal and like told you how it is and right and didn't pull no punches like you know he'll literally like go through you like, like a fine tooth comb basically if yeah. you didn't do a job or mark the near post or whatever was Nev the same in, in a bit yeah Nev, Nev was he was you know he had the and, and the, the other thing that impressed me about Nev is his, his work ethic was second to none his training you know he worked his socks off every single day um you know I've never seen anybody work as hard as him and I don't know whether you've seen him of late. You'd probably see why he hasn't done any training now. He's as big as a house, mate. You know what I mean? Because no, he he is as big as a house. But when he was when he was playing football, I've never seen anybody work as hard at the game than him. You know, and obviously specialist goalkeeping training. But it was amazing what 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 he used to do. Oh, and then and then in games he used to pull off fantastic saves. And you know, I'd say the only person who would compare with him. Is is Peter Schmeichel in in as in uh, goalkeepers, and I still think Nev edges him in, in my book. Okay, interesting. And you obviously coming through as a young player, um, obviously sometimes playing centre half, sometimes playing out front. What was he like to help you kind of settle you? He was, as I said, as as Marv said, he was he was he was a very encouraging guy. He, he always talked, you know, talked it up, but he definitely pulled it on your mistakes and or if you weren't doing the job he wanted you to do he'd be telling you where to go and what to do but you know he was a great a great professional and um, really really admired as I said before his work ethic and his organisation and, and then you know he he, he he pulled off fantastic saves which is you know put his money where his mouth was fantastic and obviously spent a lot of time at Everton uh, do you think he ever wanted to move anywhere else or try himself anywhere else no, I think he loved it at Everton. He loved it. I mean, one one of the things when we were talking about picking the team and, and Everton are a standout 
team that I played for because of what they achieved and what they won. But they were more of a collective than individual players, I always thought. There was, you know, they had great individual players, but they were a better team than they were individual players, if you know what I mean. If you'd have, when, when they all split up or they all left and went on their merry way, they were never as good as they were at that team. It, it just seemed to click. Howard Kendall seemed to put that team together and every, every player just clicked and it, and it worked so well for them. Fantastic. So we'll move on to your um, abundance of centre-backs. Yeah, I mean, this was very, very tough because um, I thought about playing a, a flat-back four, but I struggled really to, to, to pick out a standout left-back, um, in my opinion. So I would right back, I would have picked Gary Stevens at Everton because uh, the ex-England uh, lad, he was, you know, he was a, a really good professional, really great athlete. But I just thought... I'd go with um, centre-offs because I played... I mean, I could have named six, to be honest with you. I had uh, John Walk in there. I played at Ipswich. He was a fantastic professional. But when I played with him, he was like coming to the end of his career. He was 36, 37, and he was still, you know, holding his own in the Premier League, which was fantastic. I've got Matt Elliott, who I thought about picking. Uh, played with him at Leicester. And Gunny Bergson... I played at Bolton, who again, another fantastic centre-half. Yeah. But the first one I picked um, for his pace and his uh, guile and, and his, his tackling would be Earl Barrett, um, oh, who, I played Barrett with, yes. who I played with Oldham, who was a um, great defender, not the best footballer in the world, but a fantastic defender, fantastic recovery player. You know, if, if something, if, if he would last-ditch tackles and get him back to help you out. So he was my man in there for a bit of pace. And the other, the other two lads I had alongside him um, were two fantastic organisers and two fantastic captains. And one was Kevin Ratcliffe at, at Everton and the other would be Steve Walsh at, at Leicester. Um, both fantastic club men. Um, and I say, as captains, they were fantastic leaders. And the pair of them, you know, they'd run through a brick wall for you if, if needs be. And, 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 you know, they never told you to do anything that they wouldn't do themselves. Now, the, um, the three of them there, like you said, um, Earl, I mean, very, very quick. Um, I remember Steve Walsh, um, aggressive in the air, strong in the tackle. And, <coughs> and Radcliffe was very similar. <coughs> yeah, I thought yeah. you might have gone for um, Matty Elliott. Just, just for a little bit of guile, maybe. Because he, I remember him yeah, being very comfortable on the ball. I just say, Matt was in there. Um, but when I had to pick down, you know, I just look at what Walsh achieved. You no, know, he was a pretty much, he wasn't a one club man because he did, but, but he was, you know, he was there for a very long time. And I always remember when we got to like the League Cup final, he, um, you know, he was on the bus as we were travelling to, to to Wembley and he was jeering everybody up. And he, he was a real leader of men. Um, you know, I played under Matt when Walshie sort of moved on and, and Elliot was captain. And he, whereas Elliot was a great football player, he was nowhere near as good as a captain or a leader as, as Walshie was. Right. And that's why I picked him. Um, you know, I, I, liked, I liked that. I, I personally liked that in a player. You know, I liked someone who who may be not the most talented footballer in the world, but he was, you know, as, as a leader and, 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 and as commitment, he was a, it was a fantastic player, a fantastic person to have right. on your side. No, definitely. And, and Steve Walsh, um, as you say there, obviously you still um, have quite a lot to do with Leicester. 
um, at the moment. Um, is it something that you, you feel that he's in a league, um, the League Cup game? So going back to that, um, obviously with Leicester time, quite heavy links to Leicester still. Um, what are your memories of that day? I mean, and the game itself, obviously with, with Leicester. Well, it was it was fun. It was a fantastic occasion. I've I've spoke about it quite a few times, to be honest, Andrew. And whereas it was a, like it was a great day for Elliot because he scored two goals against uh, Tranmere to win it. Um, I was substitute because I'd I'd been injured for a long, long time. Well, not a good month or two. And uh, fortunately, O'Neill named me on the team sheet, and I only got to play probably ten minutes at the end of the game. And you know, we won, and and, and it was a great occasion. But I always felt I wasn't really part of that. You know the, the 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 win. I was I was part of the team, but I wasn't part of the win, and it took a bit away from me. Obviously, I celebrated and it was great. But when you ask me about the football match, it's sort of like, well, I didn't. I feel I know I didn't really earn it. I wasn't really involved that much to to earn to earn the victory. If you know what I mean. Yeah, and then compare that to the Blackpool game. Obviously, lifting the trophy. Yeah, I mean, I was that one. I was captain, and again. I was going into the game injured, um, but um, Steve McMahon, the manager at the time, wanted me to play. Uh, and I said, not a problem, but I don't think I'll be able to last the full 90 minutes. He said, don't worry about it. So I started the game and um, you know, we were on top from the, from the start. We went into an early big lead at 2 or 3 nil, and we ended up winning. I came off, obviously, injured um, in the second half. But that game, you know, you feel like, even though it's not, it's only the, the, the sort of like the the Football League trophy, it's not the, 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 the Football League Cup. It was still a fantastic achievement. I was, I was captain that day, which I, I didn't get captain many times. I don't think most managers trusted me, do you know what I mean, to be captain. So, But I was 36 at the time, so I think it's the, the obviously thought I've got a bit of experience under my belt. So, yeah, it was a fantastic um, personal achievement for myself. I was made up with it and I'm pleased with the performance, yeah. And was that Wembley or Millennium? That was at the uh, Millennium. Yeah, um, which I actually preferred. I mean, I'd, I've never played in the new Wembley, but I preferred the Millennium to the old Wembley. Um, it was a much nicer stage and the atmosphere was much better as well. No Greyhound track to separate you two. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Archie, just, go, just, yes, just going back to the, um, the Leicester League Cup, you was, you was injured. Would you, would you have been disappointed if you'd not been named sub or would you have been like, well, I'm not fit? So. I was fit, but I hadn't played any games, so I was I, I was I was I would have been disappointed if he hadn't named me because I was quite an integral part of us getting there. If you know what I mean? I, I, I've scored goals in previous rounds and helped get us through. And um, I, you know, if he hadn't named me as a sub, I would have been disappointed. But you know, he, he I don't I can't say it was at the kind of the start because he was a bit of a weirdo old Martin. But um, you know. Full marks to him on that. On that, he, he named me in the in the squad, and I, and I got involved. Oh, fabulous, fabulous! So, what we're going to do is we're going to pause there, um, and then we we'll back after the break to hear about this uh, the five man midfield and the two strikers from Ian Marshall. So, we we'll back after this um, advert from our sponsors. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you can subscribe at My Best Eleven Pod and leave us a five star rating. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at mybest11pod email mybest11pod at gmail.com Great, so we're back for part two so far uh, we've got Ian Marshall uh, naming his best 11 team so far we have Neville Southall 
Earl Barrett, Kevin Radcliffe and Steve Walsh. And we'll hand straight back to Ian to talk about his midfield in any order you like, um, which way of the way is the best way of doing it, whether you've got holding midfielders or what you're looking at. Um, we'll hand over to you, Ian. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with um, the two wide men, sort of wing-backs or whatever you want to call them. Um, it was quite easy on the right-hand side. Um, I would have... It was, it's Trevor Stephen of Everton, who I, I played with him at Everton. A fantastic winger. Um, more probably an attacking midfield player than a defensive midfield player, but um, was very, very, a very, very integral part of the of the Everton winning team, winning the league and the, and the FA Cup. And he, he was a fantastic, he was a fantastic player. Uh, as I say, I, I might have put um, Neil Adams in there when I, we played with Oldham. He was a great, a great lad. But I think Trevor Stephen, you know, played for England went on to play for Rangers and, and won loads of stuff when he was up in Scotland. Uh, so he, he would be my choice uh, right-hand side. And just like, again, like you said, playing for England, he played for England. And I remember, again, a little bit, probably just before I got involved with him, he was probably the first sort of like quality wide person who used to cross the ball on the run. On the run, like, yeah. right, you know yeah. what I mean? On the run, he's yeah. he's. A, do it on the run constantly rather than standing still. He'd be one of these players who'd whip a great ball in on the yeah, run. Yeah, and, 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 and he, you know, he was very fortunate that he had uh, Andy Gray and Graham Sharp to put the ball on, um, on, on their heads because they were two fantastic headers of the ball. Oh, and as you say, so what, I mean, did you ever play in a uh, Liverpool derby yourself? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, quite, I mean, <clears throat> I always remember... Because for me, growing up, I'm, I'm, a, I was, I'm a Liverpool fan as well. So, um, yeah, so I played for Everton. And it, for me, it was the biggest game in the world. It was bigger than the World Cup. It was the biggest um, football match for me. And I, I probably it got overawed by it all when it, when it came. And I remember playing at Goodison Park. And I was playing against my hero, who was Kenny Daglish. He, I was actually playing centre-half and having to mark him. And I remember... Um, Mark and Rush, they kicked off. They had the ball possession. They rolled it into uh, Kenny, who stuck his arse in me. You know, that was what his best thing was. He wasn't, he didn't have a real turn of speed, but he was great at holding people off and turning people. Stuck his arse in me, controlled the ball, laid it back to uh, Ian Rush, and he spanked it in the top corner after about two minutes. And we were 3 0 down at half time. And I always remember, because it was the big game, obviously, for me. I always remember going in changing rooms at half time and I got the shepherd's hook off uh, Howard Kendall. He said, Come and sit down next to me, son. He said, I'm not blaming you. You know, we've, um, you, you, you've played really well, but, you know, they're on top and I've not got to make a change. So he took me off. He brought Adrian Heath on up front and we ended up losing 3 2. We could have got a, we could have got a point out of it quite easily. We, we, you know, we were turned around. But again, disappointed at the Merseyside Derby. That's how my first one ended. I was a bit, you know, obviously gutted about it. Uh, it would have been awesome to be in there. And, and um, obviously, you, uh, you played in some, some other derbies. What, how would they rate compared to, I know you say it's the, for you because of the Liverpool connection? Obviously, you're going to kind of say it's, it's the biggest one and the best one. Um, other derbies you played in, did they come close? Or I know it's an awkward one as well because they're big for those fans, and a lot of fans who aren't those clubs don't get it. Totally. Well, I always think I always think Watchenham was a massive derby, and it still is for me, even though they're not in the in the in the in the top tier anymore. But uh, Norwich, Ipswich, 
was was you know the, the the rivalry there. Even though there's quite a few miles away from, from each other, it's a massive rivalry, and 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 you know that's that was quite big. And I was fortunate to play on quite a few uh, winning side, winning Ipswich teams against Norwich. So I was quite pleased with that. On the other teams that I played for, you know, I don't really know. Bolton, Blackburn, was it? I don't think that's massive. Or Bolton, you know, did struggling to 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 match a team for me again in a, in a proper derby. Uh, Old and Blackburn was the same. It wasn't really, you know. I used to like to think when we played Man United at Oldham, that was a derby, but uh, it really was, uh, you know, Goliath against Little Oldham. I would have what been. about Le- uh, Leicester? Who was Leicester's local one then? Was it Villa? Well, Leicester's, Leicester's derby, which is quite, you know, they don't, they, do, they like to beat derby. And, and, and you've obviously got Nottingham Forest as well, who, who were in the mix. But again, it, for me... It's funny, since, ever since I've been playing and all the way up, there's very rarely that they ever seem to be in the same league as each other. Do you know what I mean? In the, in the, well, in the Premier League, that's Leicester. Um, you know, when Leicester in the Premier League, Derby and Forest tend not to be. And, and vice versa, when Leicester dropped out, one of the others had come in. And, and it, was, it was always a bit, of a, a bit of a... They always missed each other. But, you know, them games, I don't think any of them were anywhere like the Liverpool-Everton or the Norwich and Ipswich. I think those two are very, very... You know, like the Manchester United-Manchester City. I think them are very, very... Uh, they're the proper derbies for me. Sunderland and, and Newcastle as well. That sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So, moving across to the left, which you, which will be quite intriguing. Yeah. Left wing back. Well, this was this was quite tough because I, I, I had three choices. Um, I had Happy Steve Guppy. Yeah. Steve Guppy. Oh, I had yes. Kevin Sheedy, who, who was a fantastic player. But I went for a lad who probably a bit unsung, but was fantastic for, for me when I played up front. And, uh, he, he, you know, he was one of the best crosses of a ball I'd ever seen and I ever had the joy to play with. And he did his fair share of defending as well as a, as, as a, as a, as a left wing back sort of thing. And that would be Rick Holden. Okay. I would have predicted Guppy. <laughs> I, was, I, was, yeah, well, I, I was going for Guppy. I was, I was going to say Guppy as well. I mean, but yeah, what, what's the difference between I, the two? I, I what's mean, what's one here? He, he was up there, but um, I just thought for me, like as I said when <clears throat> at the beginning of the show, um, it, it's not just about players and players' ability. It was about how it, 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 they involved it involved me and and how it benefited me. Having these people in in my team, if you know what I mean, that's why. Why um, I mean, and he was a good player. He was an unsung hero, but really, but he was a very good player. And uh, as I say, one of the best crosses of ball I've ever seen. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, so obviously part of that team. Then um, I'm assuming we're going to move into the centre centre of the midfield, and we're going to have quite a few um, Leicester and Everton puller of strings. I'd have thought. So we'll wait and see who yeah, well, got that's why I, I, That's why I. Um, I, I I've, I've thrown someone in who no one would um, probably pick. Uh, two people I was, you know, a, a, a mention would be Nick Henry and Mike Milligan, who were the centre offs when I was at centre midfields when I was at Oldham, and they, they were affectionately known as the Yard Dogs. Um, <laughs> so obviously they didn't, they don't get in the best team I've ever ever played with, but they were, you know, as a combination, they did a fantastic job uh, at Oldham, and um, yeah. Uh, but just a mention for them. Another lad who I want to mention who didn't get in me midfield, um, and he, I, I played with him when he was really, really young, and he came on to be better and better. And I always thought he'd probably, I, well, I actually thought he'd captain Liverpool 
he never did, but he had a great career. And you got any guesses, Marv? Like you played with me when he was young. Yeah, played with him. He was only like 18, 19 when I played with him. Um, and I was at the end of my career. There's a clue for you. But I thought he'd, I thought he'd captain in, uh, I thought he'd play for England regularly, and I thought he'd be the captain of Liverpool. But he never was. But he had a great career. He's, he's recently retired, not too long ago. Kevin Nolan. Who? Kevin, Kevin Nolan. Nolan. He says. Correct. Kevin oh. Nolan. Good dig, Andrew. Well, well done. done, Andrew. Well dug out there, mate. Oh, I've dug out the Bolton one. I've got the list of the clubs next to me. I was kind of okay. Bolton, Black. I was kind of okay. Yeah. What's yeah, he like? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got quite a bit of a bit of a, a lot to say for himself, from what I understand. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought he was a very good football player, and he's a great lad as well. Um, and he had a fantastic career. I, 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 you know, Newcastle, West Ham. I always thought he could have played for the, one of the top clubs. I, I thought yeah. he would have played for. The, the, you know the Liverpool. Um, I thought Liverpool would buy him from from Bolton, but it never never materialised. But still, he anyway. He doesn't even get in me midfield. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. To, I mean, I don't want to say his name just in case he is in your midfield. But I mean, uh, have we? If, is there one who I've played with as well in your team? Uh, let me see. From your Leicester days, I'm talking about this player. Um, no, he didn't make it. Whoa! Are you, okay. are you talking about Parks? Yeah, Gary Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What no, a no, player, I love, by the way. I love, I love Parks, and he's a great player. But he doesn't get in. As I say, that's why I went for the. the yeah, the no, no, Because no, it's very, very difficult to pick. Um, you know, maybe I should have gone for a diamond, and I'd have been able to throw an extra one in. But um, no, anyway. Go on, go on. Who we go? Let's go. I'm going to go for two older midfield players. One would be Peter Reid, <laughs> who I played, I played with at Everton. Um, again, not, uh, not never lit up um, football matches, but was always dependable. And you know, he was always for me an eight out of ten on the on your on your on your on your team performance. He never was the, the nine or the ten, but he was always an eight. And um, Again, a fantastic player, a fantastic bloke, scouser, so it always helps. Um, <laughs> he, he'd be one holding one. And the next holding midfield player I would pick, and not many people would, would pick him, but I, I played with him in a team when we weren't that good, to be fair. And, and without no disrespect to the other players, I used to think that me and him were probably the best players in the team. And... Um, <laughs> And and kept us in in the Premier League for 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 a short stay, and and that would be. Hold on, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Is that? Uh, no, I don't think I've, I'm trying. Do you, do you know Andrew? I think I was going to guess someone, but he's too young. I was going to say Savage. Gonna, I wouldn't pick Savage if he was the only <laughs> midfield player on the planet, mate. <laughs> hey, play? I can't be Savage. Him. Would you have played with Savage? Savage? I played with Savage. Yeah. Yeah, he's played with Savage. Yeah. But he's not. But, but what's, wrong he's Robbie, what's wrong with Robbie Savage? Hold on. What? What's wrong with Robbie Savage? He's not. Other than him not being a very good football player. <laughs> but, I mean, listen. If that's if you want him, if you want a player to do what he did, then that's fine. But if you're talking about my best eleven, he don't get in my best eleven. All <laughs> oh, right. No, but, he don't but, get I mean, in my best thirty-three. 
he probably don't get in the best 55, mate. Never mind that. Because so. it's, it's, it, I'm thinking not a lot of people would, like you just said there, would pick Savage. And you said you're going for someone now who probably... Yeah, only I'm because... Neil Lennon. I'm going to go Neil Lennon. Be, it's no. not Neil Lennon. I, no, Lennon would be picked. He, he's huh? not picked. He ain't picked. As I say, I'm, 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 I'd like I, when I picked my team. I thought about, um, you know, I didn't want to just pick all from one team or two teams. I wanted to try and as many. Obviously, the teams that were like Blackpool, who were down in Div One when I played for them, I haven't picked anybody from them because you know they can't be better players. There's better players than them who, who would play. But if you don't know who it is, you want me to tell you? Yeah, go. On. No, hold on, hold on. Right, so oh. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have one more guess. Hold on, right, because. He's a fantastic player, but I don't think him as a holding midfield player. But you might do, so I don't know. I'm going to say Muzzy, is it? Muzzy, is it? Is in my midfield, but it's not him. Okay, all right. Muzzy's right. my attacking midfield player. That's why I thought, yeah, but I wasn't sure. I mean, again, he, 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 go on. He's going to have to tell us. Well, I'll talk, we'll talk about Muzzy then first, because we've picked <laughs> him on, and we man. know yeah, about that's him, That's true. Right? So, go on. And it'll give you a little bit more time to think about the other lad. That's true. That's true. Right, so... Muzzy, obviously, Turkish international. Um, I thought at the time he could have played for England, but they didn't come knocking and Turkey did. And obviously, he, he went to the World Cup with them um, and played a couple of, made a couple of appearances there. Uh, one of the most gifted footballers I've ever played with, as in uh, ability and skill, uh, fantastic ability and skill. Um, great lads. I mean, I play golf with him, him and Walshy every week. Um, so I'm very good friends with him. Fantastic bloke. Um, and as I say, probably one of all the players I've picked, he's probably the most um, talented, skillful um, player I, 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 I've picked. Yeah, I was just going to say, where did he come from? Which, which club was he? What club? Chelsea. Chelsea, he was that's a, right. He was a, 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 a young pro at Chelsea. Never made an appearance for Chelsea. He was like out the. Well, I think he was. He was out the academy then. He was in like he was a young professional, but didn't make any appearances for them. Um, but a great buy by Martin O'Neill. I mean, um, if you watch some of the old clips of the old goals he scored, I mean, he scored yeah. two over two two over egg kicks that are out of this world. I mean, one against Tottenham, one against Grimsby. Um, fantastic player, really was a fantastic player, and he would definitely be in in me 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 my old best team. Yeah, you're talking about underrated players. Yeah. He's underrated. 100%. Well, I think, I think the, biggest, the biggest problem, again, for me with, with Muzz was that when he left Leicester, it was, he had to go to a big club to further himself. And he went to Birmingham. No disrespect to Birmingham. But they're not a big club. And they were, you know, like they have done for many a year, they were struggling. And it, for me, it was a sideways, if not down move, than an upward move for him. And then he got a nasty injury, which pretty much finished his career when he was only, you know, he was a young lad. When he, he was only early 30s or 30, you know, bad knee injury. And that sort of like um, put an end to his, um, to, to his career. So for me, it was, it was a defining moment when he went to Birmingham because that was sort of like his one chance of becoming maybe, you know, a really, really top player in the Premier League and ending up. Um, struggling to trying to beat relegation and stuff like that. No, top top player. I mean, what would I mean? Obviously, you said you played with um, obviously Steve Walsh, Muzzy, is it? And you say you played golf for them. 
What's the um, give us a funny story about Martin <laughs> O'Neill in the dressing room? Uh, you say he was a bit of a bit of a strange character. No, he was. Um, he was the way, he, he was, was he always a bit bloke. strange? Yeah, he's a weird bloke. I mean, a um, couple of stories about him. I remember uh, talking to the kit man, who he's still the kit man now from when when, when I was playing, and um, he, he always tells a story when he was managing that they went. We were playing Leeds away, and we were staying in a hotel. Anyway, the day all. Like, you know, obviously the, the coaches and the manager and the kit people and the doctor and whatever all have a drink after on a Friday night. Anyway, he says about half past 11 at night, he says to the um, kit man, go and get the car. I want to go and see Peter Sutcliffe's house. So the kit man got the car he, and then he had to drive him to Peter Sutcliffe's house, the, obviously the Yorkshire Ripper. And he stood outside his house and, and just looked at it for like 20 minutes and then got back in the car and dr drove him back to the hotel. Now, if that's not weird, I don't know what is. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd have loved to have been in, sat in that car on the way home. What oh, the hell well, have you spoken about? <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, he, he wanted to be a, a, a criminal solicitor or criminal lawyer um, when he was young, Martin. And... Uh, he, he he took a massive interest in serial killers. I mean, I think he was on the on the on the cusp of being one himself, if you know what I mean. But no, no, but, <laughs> no, but he, he he took a great interest in them, and um, like he he went to uh, you know the uh, Donald Nielsen. Is it Donald Nielsen? The the, the Nielsen um, the TV program had just been on the television. I don't know, but you're you're you probably haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it, but yes. Well, he, he, was a, he was a serial killer back in the 80s, uh, killed a load of people in London. Oh, that Des yeah. guy, the one, that Des, Des thing. That's with, it. Um, yeah. 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 Well, he went to the, to the uh, he sat in the public gallery for the whole of that uh, trial when, when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. He was very interested in all that serial killer stuff. So. Wow. Yeah, and, and then just a, a, a little story of, I, I remember him just signing me. I, he hadn't signed me for very long, not being in the club very long, and we played uh, an away game and we were staying in a hotel and I've just come up from dinner and I'm walking back to my room and it's a really long corridor down this, this, uh, which hotel we were staying in and Martin O'Neill's walking towards me and as, as we come together, I just look up and say, evening and he just blanked me and walked straight past me as if I wasn't there and he'd only just bought me at the football club and he, he just blanked me, totally blanked me and he's just a weird man. And, 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 and funny, and funny you should say that. I knew when you just said that you were just walking down the corridor. I knew exactly what you was going to say because there's I've heard three or four other players say exactly the same thing. Like, like the day before, they could have been like scored like the winning goal, and then they might be in for a warm down, and they walk in, they're like all happy because obviously the one, and they say the same thing. Walk past Martin, and they say morning gaffer. It's like nothing. Yeah, not a totally. Word. Totally, mate. Weird, weird bloke. I mean, I, 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 we never saw eye to eye a lot of the time, but I totally admire him as a football manager and, and, and you know, as a player. Fantastic. But um, totally strange man. Strange man. Interesting. Unfortunately, that hasn't given me any time to work out who this other player no, is. No, I mean, no. <laughs> but, I, I mean, again, I mean... I'll give you... I, I'll, get, I'll have another, I'll get another clue for you. Welsh international. And it ain't Robbie Savage again. See, that's, see, that's why I went down that route. <laughs> but, and this is obviously at Leicester. I'm not saying it. No, no it isn't. I think no, it's, it's Bolton. It's a Bolton. No, it could be at Oldham. No, it ain't. It no, it ain't. You'd have to tell us. you have to tell us. 
Geraint Williams. Geraint Williams. Oh, yeah. Yes. Geraint Williams. Uh, was, fantastic. Was he at Colchester as well? Yeah, he finished his career there, I think. Yeah. But he, he was, was manager, wasn't he? He was manager at not, yeah. um, Colchester. Yeah. yeah. But he was a fantastic yeah. footballer, a totally underrated footballer. Great passer of the ball. Oh, very reminiscent of um, Gary Parker. Right. Uh, you know, passerized, passability. Yeah. Um, Again, similar similar sort of build to him, as, as in look always looked maybe slightly overweight. You know, Parks always looked slightly overweight. Yeah, Parks and he, you know, Parks he, he admitted to himself, you know, he'd stare at a fucking cream cream bun and he'd fucking put on two pounds. You know what I mean? Just looking at it. But Durant was the same in the sense, you know, he, he always looked slightly overweight, but wasn't. Very fit lad, great pro and a great passer of the ball, and, and that's why he gets in my team. And he was a good holding midfield player, you know, did the, did the dirty work, did the hard work, as well as the good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Do you think, do you think um, people like Peter Reid and Geraint Williams would be more appreciated in the modern game because of this kind of, the belief of the box-to-box midfielder? That, do, you, do you think they would be? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, the, the funny thing for me, right, the, the one thing, do you remember what's his name? Marv, you must have played with him against him quite a few times. Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly played for Will? Wigan. Um, he was a scout lad. Played for a few clubs up north. He, he was excellent. Oh, no, the, name, the name rings a bell. Was it, did he play for Tranmere at all? Yeah, and I think he played for Bolton oh. as well. Um, he was around my age. So, but he, he again, these were players who were probably slightly overweight. He was slightly overweight. And, you know, we had a few of them. Remember Ian Banks at Huddersfield? And yeah. Play, these players were like centre midfield players, could pass it, great passes of the ball. For me, you're talking about your Peter Reeds and your, and your Grant Williams. If you can pass the ball and control the ball in the pitches that we used to play on, yes. you, can't tell me that, you can't tell me that they won't be able to do that on pitches um, that we've got now. And, you know, you know in, the, in, the, in the present day modern... Um, technology of fitness and everything else. All these players, if you were the best player back then, you'd be the best player now because you'd just adopt all the new, all the new training methods. But you'd still be the best footballer. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, you, yeah, I, I, it, I, I understand it 100 percent because I mean, I'm. Sometimes you hear these pundits go and they talk and say, "Well, do you know what?" The game's got a lot quicker now. It's got a lot faster now. Um, this, I mean, I don't know if these players could be up to the pace. It's a lot of BS. Like you just said, Marsha, you've explained it it's on the totally, I mean, if you, if you you just go backwards and if you took yeah. a player from, from now, hello? Yeah, if, you yeah, took yeah. A player from, if you took a player from now and put them back then, they'd struggle to control the ball on the pitches yeah. that we played with. They'd struggle to pass the ball to someone. And, you know, it can be as... The, the football now is only as fast as it is because every ball that you pass goes exactly where you want it to go. And if it yeah. doesn't, then it's a bad pass. It's, yeah. You know, so, you know, people aren't faster. I'd say people are fitter and healthier than when we played. You know, the, um, you know, we, I like the drink. The loads of the lads who I play with love a drink. And, you know, but we never drank like Thursday and Friday. But, no. You know, Saturday night, you'd have a, a good few drinks. Sunday, you'd have a few drinks. You might have a few drinks on a Tuesday club. I mean, we used to have Tuesday clubs. And 
but but you you put the work in, and you put you know, and everybody else is putting the work in. And I do think you probably wouldn't drink as much if you were playing now. You'd no. adapt to 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 the way things are. That's just think, that's the way it is. No, I, I agree, and I think the biggest thing, which probably which you, I think you had, um, I, especially at Leicester, it seemed that way. That which is different today. There's a lot more togetherness. Like back then, I think that will get you through more back then, and now it will get you through more than these little individual people have got these little pockets of thinking I'm the best player. Totally, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, for me, uh, camaraderie, team spirit goes a long, long way to getting your results. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have no nothing against foreign players uh, coming in. Uh, I played, you know, obviously when I was at the end of my career. Uh, at, at Bolton, we had an awful lot of foreign people playing. Great lads, some of them. Some of them, not so great lads. Um, you know, same same at Leicester. We had Pontus Kaimark and, and Theo Zakarakis, who ended up captain in Greece to the European Championships. Two fantastic lads, you know, great foreigners. And they came to the football club and they joined in with our mentality and our team spirit. And they were, they, you know, they were brilliant. But you do get, you know, it's it's... I would say it's more encouraged by the foreign players to come in, do what they have to do, go home. You know, don't don't mix mix maybe with their own countrymen or whatever if they've got a few players who are playing for them. But you know, and that's that's fine by me. But it does, you know, you you are then holding on to individual skill and and things to win your football matches than, than team spirit and team ethic. And the reason I said that, I, I mean, take you back to the um, the cup final Wimbledon. I mean, they, you can't tell me they were, they were technically better than Barnes, Aldridge in that final. And just that's pure team spirit, Marshy. That's, and that's what pure, I'm talking pure about. Team that, which spirit is... and, pure team spirit and luck and everything else. I don't... Yeah. But, but, the, but, the, but that's what I enjoy about football back then, Marv, is, is the knockout competition where any... It's like all these, you know, this new thing that's coming in now, the, or the, the proposing the, 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 the new football Premier League... The pro- project... Um... Restart. Oh, Restart. Big yeah. picture. Big picture. Big picture or whatever. You know, yeah. all, it's, all it's trying to do is make the big clubs bigger and stronger and richer. Um, for me, the European Cup should be two-legged knockout. And, and that gives, you know, it gives a slim chance to a team who is playing uh, against your Manchester United, your Liverpools, your Real Madrids or whatever. Two games, you've got a chance of nicking a result. If you're in a league of four teams and you're the crappest team in the league, 99 times out of 100, you are going to get eliminated and you ain't going to go any further. Yeah. And, that, and that, for me, spoils the, you know, because if you're the best team in the Knockout Cup, generally you will be in the, the semi-finals or the quarter-final and you've got a great chance of winning it, I think. But yeah, it, and I, think, know, I think that was shown with the Champions League, the way they ran it this year, where all the clubs were there it was all straight knockout. I think it was all one leg knockout. And suddenly you had teams like Leon making it to the Champions League semi-finals. Um, yeah. So you had but things like that happening. Good. But yet you still had the cream rose to the top eventually. But you but had a few random things happen. But, yeah, but, they, but, but they won't do that because there's too much money involved yeah. in, the, in the leagues now. They, you know, they, they, won't, they won't have a knockout uh, thing. It, just in case your Man United or your Liverpool get knocked out in the first round playing some obscure team you know that's catastrophic that's catastrophic for the uh, money plan, TV their figures their TV revenue yeah exactly exactly you know their, their budget is set 
we're expecting to qualify, at least get into the top 16 of the Champions League, if you're Liverpool, Man City. And, and you know, our, our budget and our year's finances are all geared to this. Mm. And that's why, yes. well, that's why they're trying to... I do eventually think they're trying to do a Super League, a European I, I, Super League. Because I was going to say the... The cup competitions here now, well, here, I mean, over there in the UK, like the 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 Littles Cup, obviously, when Luton won it, was the, is the League Cup and the FA Cup. Those two cups were big, big cups which yeah. teams wanted to win. Now, I mean, I, I mean, I feel that they should turn around and go, well, you know what? We're going to throw in a big, like, say, Champions League for the FA Cup. Now, you're not going to get those teams now playing, those Man United and those Chelsea's playing their reserve teams if they know that there's a big, big, like, competition yeah. you could qualify in Europe in that respect. And it's going to make it much more interesting, that cup. Sure. I think, I think, for me, I think, I think Marvin, I think the biggest problem, or not the biggest problem, but one big problem about the FA Cup, I think the total prize money for the winning team is a million pounds, which is a fraction of what you get from just literally qualifying for the Champions League and, and playing in the, in the group stage. Um, so, you know, until, until the prize money, and as you say, a, a big reward for winning it, increases, teams aren't that bothered about the, the, the FA Cup anymore. I mean, and, 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 I, and I dare say in the next three or four years, the League Cup will vanish. It'll just go. Well, I think you've got to the League Cup. That, that's only fair, though, because... I mean, you look at the Luton May United game that I watched a few weeks ago. Even Luton put out a reserve team. So if you've yeah. got the championship teams putting out a reserve team, you kind of then can't have a total go at the big clubs for doing exactly the same thing. So yeah, yeah, but it's only I think it all stems from the big clubs doing it, and then now you know this, the trouble is there's such a difference between Premier League and Championship, Championship and Div One. You know, Div One and Div Two. There's such a, a gap yeah. that you can't you can't afford if you're a Championship team at your budgets to be in the in, to get relegated and be in Division One. You can't. Yeah. You know, it's just the same as a Premier League team going down into the Championship. They can't afford to do it because it's, the, the budget is set and, and and what we're expecting and the wages we're playing. It's unreal. No, We've gone off a bit tail there. Where are we? Where, where are so we? Now? Just Back to me forwards, mate. We'll, we'll go to me forwards. Forwards, forwards. yes. Right. I, I've got two, and I was going to pick. I, I've got a third player who I would have picked, um, but I've, I've gone for the other two for reasons. Have I played, with, have I played with one? Have you played with one? Um, Scruffy. No. No, no, no. You no. may make it. All right, all right. No. The, the lad who, who I didn't pick, who was in the team, was Graham Shaw. Um, a fantastic centre forward, old school centre forward. Me personally learned an awful lot from him. Um, you know, how to hang in the air, how to smash someone in the nose with your elbow and not get booked or sent off for <laughs> it. Uh, things like that, which, um, you know, I took on board. Again, Andy Gray was a great example, a great teacher for me, but I haven't mentioned him either. Two fantastic old-school centre-forwards who, when I was a young lad and learning my career, took an awful lot from them. But I didn't pick either of them. Um, I'll pick... Uh, the the one, one player I've picked, I don't think you'll get. Um, what? And one player I do think you'll get quite easily. Let's go for um, the one you don't think we'll get. Um, OK. I don't think he... I'm pretty sure he didn't play internationally for anybody. I'm pretty sure about that. Kevin Davis? No, didn't play with him either. 
Oh, the Bolton. I wasn't sure how when he would join Bolton. No, I, I, I left and he just come when I left. Oh, okay. No, uh, not Kevin. Is it is is it is not is he um gonna did he play did he play um uh, did he play for Man United? Yes. Got him. <laughs> Andy Ritchie. Correct. Andy oh. Andy Andy Ritchie, probably the best goal scorer I've ever had the pleasure of playing with and playing get uh, you know on the same team and watching. Um, some of the goals he created out of nothing, fantastic. He had one of the best, like hardest shots I've ever seen from 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 a lad. And you know, it was funny because he got better as his career as he got older, rather than yeah. started off really great. And you know, obviously started at Man United, a great club, the big biggest club in the world possibly. Um, went to Brighton, Leeds, and then came to Oldham, sort of on the way down. Of his, you know, his career was sort of going down, and he wasn't. Old, I think he may have been like maybe 27, 28 when he came, and um, absolutely fantastic player. Um, pl- played up front with him loads of times. I had the pleasure of watching him from the back and, and watching what he did up front, and just, just, just fantastic. Um, out and out striker, great link up man, just a really, really good player, good footballer. And what a lovely guy, by the way, as well. I mean, I met him, oh, at, um, I think it was Lillishaw. Lillishaw yeah. one time and really, really top, top guy. Just so yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. So, you know, just a, a great lad. I mean, uh, uh, talk about team spirit again and all that. He was fantastic. Uh, you know, one of the players at Oldham, we had an absolutely great team spirit. And he was probably um, the, the daddy uh, of, the, of the football because he was the oldest at the time. Um, but just a top, top bloke. What's so you think I'm going to get him then, no? I did well. I gave you the clues, mate, didn't I? Oh, stop! You spoon fed it. I said to you, "You play for Man United." That probably threw you a little bit. You went, "Oh, how did you know that?" No, well, uh, you know, it's a well done, Marv. It's a, it's a, I probably won't get this one. This is the one I won't get. Andrew. I reckon no, I've got this, this already. I reckon I've got this it already. This is easy. This one for me. Um, uh, do you want? You don't? Do you need any clues, Andrew, or do you want to have a stab, or do you want me to give you a couple of uh, pointers? I'll, get, I'll no, give down. a couple of no. Give a couple of pointers for the listeners, and then I'll go. Okay, for the listeners, they, um, he's an England international. Yeah. Um, the easiest clue which you've got to get is he played for the greatest football club in the world. Yep, and he also played. Yep. So he also played as well with you at Leicester. And he played with me at Leicester. Heskey. Um, yeah, Heskey. Emil Heskey, yes. um, a football a footballer who I always believe. He should have been like an Alan Shearer or a Wayne Rooney, or he should have been that big. Um, he had absolutely everything a footballer, a centre forward could could want. He was big and powerful. He had trickery, so fast. Yeah. He had a fantastic shot on him. He was good in the air. The one thing that probably let him down um, was a bit of desire, a bit of heart, and maybe sometimes he never. Um, put a hundred percent. When I say don't believe, not hundred percent is the wrong. He just never, you know. He he was sort of like for such a big man, you know. If he got a little knock or a bang, he went down and as if he was really like polaxed and you know. That's the one thing for me that he didn't. Maybe agency at times when he, you know, he because he could, because he could literally at the click of a finger turn it on. There was too many times when he didn't turn it on, if you know what I mean, and he didn't do what he could have done. You know, I, I do believe he should have been a, a 20, 25 goal a season player, but he never did 
But on the flip side of that, you know, if you ask players like myself who played with him, if you ask um, Michael Owen, Michael Owen, he'll, yeah. yeah, Michael Owen will say he was the best player he played with, the best centre forward partner he had because he did so much work for him, and he, you know, got all the glory and the goal sort of thing. Again, I didn't, I didn't, I, I played against Emil, but I don't, I don't know him like you knew him. Do you think a lot of what you've just said there, him not being that? 25 goal not being as big as he, because he was is a lot to do with his personality because he comes across as being very quiet and a bit of an introvert and yeah yeah that, that it looks could, like a confidence that, that thing work. with him yeah confidence that could that could well be um be it Marv he, he was a he was a really um you know as you say he was he, he was a bit quiet he, he was a bit timid um but you know out on the pitch when he when he was on it you know, I mean, he doesn't like the nickname. But back in the day when he was a young kid, everyone called him Bruno because right. he, he he had the physique of Frank Bruno. He he, he was just a powerhouse, an absolute yeah. powerhouse, and um, you know, and not overly powerful. If you know, what I mean, he, he it didn't restrict him in any in any sort of no. way. He 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 was just, he was as fast as lightning when he you know, and he could dribble past people for fun, but he just didn't do it enough. When I say he didn't do it enough, if you have that ability, you're expecting yeah. someone to do it all the time, aren't you? I think. Right. So, what's that like as a player? Is it frustrating to watch a young player like him? And you've probably seen the hundreds of young players come through. But when you see somebody that much talent, is it frustrating when you go, he could have done so much with it? Well, it's, it's probably more frustrating for him than it is for me. Yeah. Do you think he chose then or didn't choose? I mean, if you're saying you reckon it was frustrating for him. He mustn't have been able well, to choose it. Well, I, I, I listen. There's things that you can't, you have no control over in your life. I think, and maybe as we said, um, the timid, shy, um, introverted bit of his character, he couldn't yeah. do anything about that, and that's what made him suffer. In, I mean, listen. If you look at his football career, he's had a fantastic career. Do you know what I mean? He had a fantastic time at Leicester, a fantastic time at Liverpool. He played, I think, over 50, yeah, yeah. over 50 appearances for, for England. We well, played in that 5-1 in Munich, didn't he? He yeah. did the score in that 5-1 game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, and he, I think he created a couple of goals. And, he, he, you know, that if anyone talks about an England game, that's probably the one that you talk about, isn't it? Mm. As, as a memorable, fantastic England game. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, I can't remember playing Marv at Luton, but I can remember sitting in the pub watching that England 5-1 <laughs> Five one game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Two very similar players, Marvin and Esky. Do you mean personality or skill set? Skill set, mate. Skill set. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but going back to what you just said about his personality, the, the strange thing though is that, I mean, I'm not being disrespectful. Even if you were like half decent, anyone was half decent. They were born in Liverpool. They thought they could be the best player in the world. That's one thing. What those scouts is, they do. They absolutely believe in themselves. And if you would, have, and if Heskey was born in Liverpool, he probably would have been like Ballon d'Or for the last four or five years when he was playing. And that's because of his dreams. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, uh, yeah, that's possible, mate. I mean, Liverpool people do have a, a confidence about them, mm. um, which is a I've good thing. I'm saying, by the way, a, which is a good thing. I'm saying, by the way, I'm saying it's a good yeah. thing. Well, I've seen an awful lot of shit scousers play football as well. <laughs> but no. So move no, on to I, then. I don't know. Sorry, Gigan. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, as 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 a, as a look at his career, you know, 
I think when he left Liverpool, I think Birmingham and Wigan weren't the best clubs for him to go to. Uh, Aston Villa, obviously, were a big club, and um, you know that was a good club for him to go to. He went to Bolton um, again. He was getting on as well when he was at these clubs, and he did okay. So you know, if you look at his career, he hasn't had a crap career. But I just think, I don't think his club career um, has been too bad. But I do think. His international legacy sort of career could have been so much bigger and so much better. He could have been an England great, and I don't think he's thought of as an England great. He could have been a Paul Gascoigne, a Wayne Rooney, a Alan Shearer, a Gary Lineker. He could have been, you know, that sort of player for England, which he probably isn't thought of like that. Right. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So, moving on to manager. Who who do you think is the best person to, to manage this group of big personalities? This is, probably, this is probably the hardest thing out of picking um, everything. Because, you know, I was fortunate to play under some great, great managers. Um, there's only a handful, but a handful, less than a handful. There's only one or two that I wouldn't rate as being brilliant managers. You know, they may be okay, or, but I didn't see eye to eye with them or whatever. Um, Marshy, you don't see eye to eye with too many people anyway. Full stop. Well, I like to I like to have an opinion, Mark. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'd say probably in my footballing career that has probably been a hinder. That's uh, hindered my career. I always feel like I could have played. I mean, you know, whether I'm bigger myself up and I'm a confident scouser, but um, I felt I could have played for a bigger club. And no disrespect to the clubs I played for, but. I was quite argumentative and quite, um, as you say, you know, I, I, I valued my opinion and I was going to tell managers my opinion and if they didn't like it. I think we had got around that I was difficult, if you know what I mean, difficult to manage and difficult. And that's maybe why um, I didn't. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 like to, I like to think that's why I never played for Liverpool or Juventus or Atletico Madrid. <laughs> just, or just, just before you name, name that person... What, what your youth team days? I mean, was, was that what you was like? Who was your youth? Because I mean, a lot of my, I mean, coming up was your your career's path is like about your youth days. My youth days, I can remember my youth team managers. So I'm just curious because we didn't touch on it at the start. What what was your youth days like? Who was like the man who was inspired you when you was sort of like looking to. Well, my youth team manager was a guy called Graham Smith at, at Everton, um, and we—I had a, we had the fit. I mean, we were in—I was in the two years I was in an apprentice. We were in the both finals of the youth cup, and the first season we had an absolutely fantastic football team. Uh, Ian Bishop played for us. Um, who else played? There was a couple of couple of players uh, who went on to have uh, decent. Uh, careers but the second year when all them lot left we had a shit team but we actually got beaten the final by Norwich the year before but the second time we actually won it um, we beat we beat Stoke in the final and not one of them players other than myself came through and made it because we, wow. we, we had a it was a really dog average team but we had a good spirit and a good work ethic and everybody pulled together and that's, for me, where it started at that sort of age group of all about team spirit and all about um, like getting to, you know, if you haven't got the best players in the team, it's all about working for each other. 
and, and that's what we were like at Leicester. You know, we finished, we had, in the, in the four years I was with Leicester, we finished in the top 10 in the Premier League every time. And we didn't have, we had some good players, but most of the time it was, we had decent players who were all working together and getting the result. Yeah, but I mean, uh, my reason I was saying that is, was you, was you difficult? Like, you know, you're very outspoken. Was you now, as a, a, um, a FA Youth Cup winner, saying, I should be knocking on the manager's door. I should be playing. I should be in the first no, team or I should no, be in the squad. No, no. no. I, wasn't, I wasn't like that. I think. I've, I've always put my career as, as how I, um, as old school football used to be, in the sense you started off as a young lad and you learnt your trade. And you, 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 if you were decent enough at around 23, 24, you got an England call up. You probably hit your peak at 27, 28. And when you got to 30, 31, 32, you got a free transfer and you got your wedge when you moved on. Now, that's how I saw my football, how football being. Now, role reversal. If you're 17 and look like you're going to be a decent player, they sign you to a five or six year contract on massive amounts of money. And you actually haven't played a Premier League game yet. <laughs> and you haven't actually proven yourself yet. And it's all, the way, it's all wrong for me. But getting back to my career, I learned my trade as it went on. It went on, you know, and I got better and better and better. And that's how and then, and I got uh, more outspoken and more outspoken as I felt I was uh, becoming a more completed all-round football player at the end of, you know, at the end of my career. I, yeah. You never learn everything, but you've learned. If you if you knew what you knew at 32, 33, if you knew what you knew when you were 18, 19, you'd be a world beater. Is that, you know, am I right? Yeah. You get, every now and again, you get players like your, uh, your Michael Owens, um, your Wayne Rooney's when he came on the scene, who have a natural ability, no fear, no um, worry. They just go out there and they're very, very good. But they tend to get worse, I think, as they get older. You know, Michael Owen was a much better player when he was 21 than when he was 28, I think. Wayne Rooney was a much better player at 23 than he was at 30. Or You know, I, I just... And, and some players have it early and, and get worse. Some players, you know, learn throughout the career and get better as they go. Uh, I felt that's how my career went. And, um, you know, that that's how I... Uh, obviously, when I was 34 or 35, I was totally outspoken and I thought I should have been the manager of the football club. <laughs> go on, anyway, go back to your manager anyway. This is a difficult choice. Right, so just, just to go on about my managers, I mean, I had John Lyle, who was a fantastic manager, Joe Royal, I had Sam Allardyce, um, all brilliant managers, uh, but my top manager would be Howard Kendall. Howard Kendall, for me, um, was 30 years ahead of his time. Um, just an absolute fantastic man-manager. You know, made everybody welcome. Total old school. Um, loved to, you know, take the fines off the lads for yellow cards or red cards and, and whatever. And then he'd take everyone out for a Chinese once a month and, you know, have team spirit and everyone had a big Chinese and a booze up. It was just a, a fantastic, a fantastic bloke. And, you know, God rest his soul. Um, really sad and really, you know, miss miss. I miss seeing him when he used to go up to Everton because he, he was just he, he taught me an awful lot. I, you know, I would say he was the main influence on my football career from sixteen to twenty. I think I think you just hit the nail on the head there when, <clears throat> when you're talking about uh, ahead of his time. It's 
again, I think similar. I mean, don't know him, but it sounds like Klopp is doing the same thing at Liverpool. His man management skill, the word what you said, man management, how you see his relationship with the players when they come off the field. You know what I mean, he's, he's very close and very tight with them. And, you, and it's well, not I, like... I think, it's, I, think, I think to be a good man manager is even harder now in the modern day football because yeah. footballers have got so much control uh, and managers have very little control now. I mean, back when we started playing, Mar, your manager was the man who ran the show. You know, yeah. he signed the players. He he negotiated with your contract. He was there. You know, he if he didn't want you to play, he made your life an absolute hell, and he could do that. Now they can't do all that shit, and yeah. they have. You know, so so it's an awful lot. I mean, again, it's a sad world we live in. In my opinion, that. You know, it's all soppy, soppy, arm round your shoulder, bumping you up to be, you know, instead of grabbing you around the neck and saying, you know, fuck's sake, if you don't stop. You know what I mean? That, yeah. It's so much nanny state and softly, softly now that um, I fear, I fear for the outcome of the, the football. No, I, mean, I, I agree with you because, I mean, back in the day, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's similar to yourself. When, when I was an apprentice, it was a case that, you know, I was speaking about it the other day. You didn't want to go into that first team dressing room. You didn't want to go into that dressing room in case you had to do something or get something for a pro or or you just felt that you'd not put someone's boots in. I can remember not putting someone's boots in in a, yeah. in a, in a boot skip. And it was a case of like, oh my gosh, all weekend I'm thinking to myself, Monday, I didn't sleep all weekend because I'm thinking I'm, I'm gonna get crucified. I think yeah, Steve Foster, yeah. Foster's boots. I didn't put his. It, someone said, "Oh, the kit man got a message to someone. It got a message back to me saying, hey Marv, Foster's boots weren't in at the, in at the weekend.' I'm just like, <laughs> literally, I want to die. I literally yeah. want. I want to go and jump off a cliff. Well, I mean, I literally just didn't want to go in on that weekend yeah. because well, it, 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 it was like it was like Christmas and initiations when you were a young kid. I mean, yeah. remember John Everill? Remember John Everill? Yes, played yes, the, yeah. the, the England. It was like one of the, the, the star men um, of, of, of the youth. Well, it was on the Christmas initiations. It must have been like minus two outside. He got stripped and tied to a tree and left out there all afternoon. With no clothes on, tied to a tree. And, you know, imagine that now. You'd be in prison. You'd be going to prison now. <laughs> It was, it was amazing the things that happened, but I look back and for me, it was all about character building and, yeah. and, 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 and whatnot. I mean, at Oldham, all the apprentices would be shit scared of me because we, it was freezing cold up in Oldham, as you can imagine. Yeah. We had this great big bath that they used to fill up and it was so cold that the whole bathroom was just covered in steam and you couldn't see anything. So... For me to test the water, I used to pick an apprentice and throw him in the in the in the bath. And if he screamed, I knew the water was too hot, and we had to put some more cold water in. So whenever I used to come in, they'd all run and had to try and hide and get out of it. And until until someone said, "Yo, you need to go and take a towel to Marshy or something like that," and they're all shitting themselves. But you know, that that for me it was 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 character building stuff, and um, you know there was there was no malice in it. But there was, if you know what I mean. There wasn't. It, you know, it doesn't matter who it was or whatever. It was just that was what happened. But I do fear yeah. for what's happening now about how, you know, the nanny, pamby, namby, pamby, softly, softly touch is going on. But right. it is what it is. It is what it is, mate. It is. It is. 
So that's 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 your team, that's your manager. So just like, what are you what are you sort of like doing now, Marshy? I mean, just so like, I mean, the Leicester, the Everton, and the Ipswich, and the Bolton people support. What, what are you up to now? What, what are you yeah, well, doing I've now? done. I've had, I've had a, a pretty um, checkered uh, time since I uh, I finished. Um, as you know, Marv, I had I lived out in Canada for a while. You came over and did some yeah. coaching for me. Uh, that must be about 10 years ago, was it now? Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I bought a restaurant out there that went pear-shaped. I invested in a property place that went pear-shaped. So came back here, um, I divorced, got remarried. Um, I'm currently now in this pandemic, which is quite bizarre. I'm uh, importing uh, nitro gloves and, 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 and selling nitro gloves, which is, uh, you know, I'm probably the only person who wants COVID to carry on for a while because it's <laughs> making me a few quid. <laughs> so you'd say you classify I know, I know, yourself as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, well, um, more like a, a, a barrow man, mate, with a half a daily or a... Stiptoe. Or a Dell boy, mate, out of a suitcase. But um, no, I mean... I wouldn't regret anything I've done in my football career or my life because I've met some wonderful people. Uh, I've met, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't my path hadn't been how it is. I've just, you know, I, I love life. I love uh, having the crack, and you know, I've obviously made mistakes in my time, but hasn't everybody? Yeah, exactly. Who hasn't made mistakes? And I keep telling like the, the players are our coach. You know, you have to make mistakes in life if you're going to move forward. There's no way yeah. you're going to not go through life and not make mistakes. No way. That's it, mate. That's it. You know, all is my thing is that eat yourself up about them. Move on. Move on, mate. No, well, Marshy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Excellent. Andrew, As anything? Always, Andrew, lovely to have met you, mate. Um, yes, thank you so much for your time, and thank you very much. And that was Ian Marshall's My Best Eleven.